the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Mark Zuckerberg, speaking of dominant, he may be an evil evil like a bad guy a villain right a lot of people are very 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 hot buttoned by him he posted a blog post yesterday celebrating facebook's 15th anniversary and zuckerberg's rhetoric is starting to he's getting very defensive critics have honed in on an element of zuckerberg's rhetoric that they argue misleads conflates facebook with the internet dun dun Zuckerberg seemed to juxtapose social networks with institutions like government. So he's angering people is what I'm trying to get at. And he's not taking any responsibility for the bad stuff that his social network can create. Um, And he's kind of throwing him in there. From government to business to media to communities and more. There's a tendency of some people to limit change. Um... So he's trying to say, we're not all that evil. He's not taking... It's it's an odd way. By turning the focus away from Facebook to the Internet, you're trying to say, like, hey, we're awesome at what we do. But the Internet does have some problems. But what you're doing is doing it's through the Internet. People want to criticize Facebook. Um, and he wants them to criticize the Internet for what's bad out there. So... There's been a couple bad things that have happened through some of Facebook's technologies. It's been used as a tool for oppressive governments. Uh, Facebook acknowledged having been used in the persecution of the Rohingya ethnic group in Myanmar. And uh, it's a way of rallying people. So if you're posting news of like... Let's go get those people and teach them a lesson. How responsible is the company that's publishing it versus the person who's writing it? So reshaping technologies or reshaping societies, it's, it's important. But again, uh, he doesn't come across as very, I don't want to use the word genuine. I'm going to use the word likable when he talks about his company at this point in time. Big State of the Union address tonight, and Republicans are fearful that Trump's going to use the State of the Union to declare a national emergency over the wall. I think he'll promote how great the economy is, but he's going to go after drug companies for price gouging. He's going to talk maybe about an infrastructure plan. You're fired. You're fired. Maybe there's some possibility to work with the Democrats and kind of bridge the aisle, so to speak, if you say, let's, you know, put money to work and uh, fix some projects like roads and bridges. Republicans tend to say, let's give big companies tax breaks that'll be incentivized to do this work for us. Democrats say, let's give money straight to the people and the projects. I think that's the way to sum that up. Um, 
So those are some of the stories that are out there today. Uh, Disney's going to report later this week. And that's a conference call I'm looking for. I'll be honest with you, I was a little underwhelmed with the uh, Google call yesterday, but at least I don't come in here and tell you differently. So I've got tickets for you. Speaking of Disney, uh, call the show at 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'm giving away passes all week for Disney on Ice. They're playing in two different locations, one in San Jose and one in Oakland. Disney on Ice. Dare to dream. SAP Center uh, in San Jose is going to be between February 20th and 24th. So it's you don't have enough time to have Valentine's fall in love and have kids, but maybe you did a couple years ago and your kids want to go see Disney princesses. Um, February 20th to 24th at San Jose SAP Center. Free passes for you. Or February 27th through March 3rd at Oracle Arena. Don't pay for parking. Go, to, go via BART. <laughs> That's an expensive parking lot. Isn't it amazing? Parking lots have turned from $5. I don't want to pay $5 to park here all day. To now you're paying sometimes 50 bucks for 45 minutes. Uh, anyway, 800-516-1220 to win those tickets. 800-516-1220 to win those tickets. They're yours. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 800-516-1220, and we'll mail them out to you as soon as we can. Super Bowl ratings were incredibly low. Uh, no big deal yet. The cost of a 30-second ad spot during the big game, it increased again. Super Bowl ad spots are the most expensive on commercial TV. That 30-second slot on CBS cost roughly $5.25 million. Last year was 5.2, so they added to the 0.5 this time, 5.25. Yeah, but the ratings, not good. Ratings have fallen for the fourth year in a row for the Super Bowl. And some people think it's it's big event sports aren't keeping us as entertained as previous years. So last year, 103.5 million watched the Super Bowl. Back in 2016, 111 million. 2015, 114 million. So big drop, big drop um, down to about 97.5 million people. Are you going to still pay 5.25? $5 million for a Super Bowl commercial if they can't deliver the people. Now again, maybe they're on some other devices too, all right? It's always out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Uh, as I go through the years and I get older and wiser and hopefully uh, better at what I do, uh, I try to share with you things that I'm still learning or things that I find interesting. Um, there are some things out there, uh, and I try to share as best as I can. If you study millionaires, and there's so many millionaires, it used to be a kind of a thing, you know, a status symbol to be a millionaire. Now there's so many millionaires. A woman who studied 600 million and discovered where you live has a huge ability on your wealth and your potential wealth. Your neighborhood plays a huge role in how much you save and spend. If you live in a pricey home and in a fluent neighborhood, you're more likely to mirror your neighbor's consumption habits. It can impact your ability to accumulate wealth over time as it can the home's price. Most millionaires live in a home they can easily afford, which allows them to save more money. Want the podcast with music? 
Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, chatting with Coach Sendak, your Santa Clara Broncos basketball report. It's now time for checking with our partners at Santa Clara Basketball for this week's chat with Coach Sindek. Here's the voice of the Broncos, Anthony Passarelli, with Coach. Here with Santa Clara men's basketball coach Herb Sendek on our weekly chatting with Coach Sendek segment, brought to you by Heffernan Insurance Brokers. Heffernan Insurance, because you're different. Heffernan, proud partner of Santa Clara Athletics. Coach uh, Broncos coming off uh, another weekend split. The win over Pacific uh, held on to win it late to move to six and seven in conference play. Now this game Saturday against USF is. Uh, senior night and every year we get a chance to reflect a little bit on the seniors but specifically uh, Henrik Jaderston this year because it's going to be Henrik's last game in front of the home fans. Uh, what kind of guy is Henrik and what has he meant to this program? Well Henrik is a, a wonderful beautiful young man, uh, a real gentleman, um, you know has represented our program with a great deal of character and class you know he's the consummate team guy With regard to how the team started this season and how the team has been playing the last few weeks or several weeks, this team has come a long way, haven't they? Really have. You know, we've uh, improved, I think, for the most part, every step of the way. Um, you know, you look back to where we were at the beginning, the middle, or even a couple of weeks ago, and, and we have gotten better, and we should. That's our that's our mission. One of the things we talked about after the win against uh, University of Pacific, where the Broncos on Saturday had 10 first-half threes, is the improved shooting of Willie Caruso. We see him working on it in practice all the time, but uh, he's not afraid to get out there and take that shot if he's open. Clearly, that's the message. You have the green light. Absolutely. If, he, if he's open and, and he has you know, good time and space, um, he's a good shooter, and he's really worked hard throughout the season to improve that, and he's finally got to a place where he's comfortable taking and making them in games. And finally, we'll uh, end with, what are the Broncos working on this week for USF and to try and get themselves into a position, last home game, and then a final weekend on the road before the tournament? Yeah, well, we have a couple of extra days to focus on ourselves without a game on Thursday. Um, you know, once we hit the later stages of the week, it'll be very, very much our regular routine. Okay, Coach, thanks a lot. As always, Broncos take on USF here. Last chance for the fans to come out and watch at the Levy Center against the Dons on Saturday. Thanks. Thank you, Anthony. All right, that's Coach Herb Senek. Listen to our chat with the coach every Wednesday at 820, brought to you by Heffernan Insurance, specializing in business and personal insurance, financial services, and employee benefits. Find them at hefins.com. anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed, or buy anything sold or processed, or process anything sold, bought. Floyd, my buddy. One of the greatest scenes in movie history in my life. Not in your life, but in mine. It meant something to me. Um, Study some data. They say that the waters in the northeast of the United States are getting warmer. Guess what's showing up? Sharks and whales. Now, is there a correlation between warmer water and sharks and whales? Yes, there is. And that's something I want you to just kind of think about. You don't have to, you know, um, get consumed with data, but think about it. Um, One of the areas that I talk about that I like is India. 
and I think you should have some exposure to Asia. And there's so many ways to do it. I want you to figure out what's best for you. I want some sort of exposure to India. In the past, I've pointed out the case for you know India. Some of the focus has been on the macro aspects, some on reforms, and the rest on market trends. Um, some of the headlines uh, that come out of India are things like it can triple in the next five years. Um, I'm pretty bullish when I could say that. Now, again, I don't want you to say, I haven't saved enough money for retirement. I better try to get some of the triples. But India's growth is tied heavily towards structural changes and domestic investments. Over the last few years, the Modi government, uh, the Modi government has laid the foundation to revamp India's economy. Now, this is long-term. It's a structural shift. You know, indirect taxation overhaul. So this is one of the biggest tax overhauls done by any nation, and it's got a far-reaching impact on their economy. Under the country's federal taxation structure, businesses previously had to keep track of a laundry list of taxes they move from state to state within the country. This meant serious inefficiencies in the system and encouraged tax you know, evasion, especially by smaller businesses that found evading taxes easier than reporting taxes. So earlier this year, India brought all of its 29 states and seven union territories on board and implemented what's called a GST, which is a unification of a tax regime and the taxation of all goods and services. Um, just under two roofs, there's a state and there's a central. Tax reform, you'll hear the United States talk about it, and you kind of get it because you're like, business taxes, I can't believe the businesses don't pay their fair taxes. And I'll tell you what, the businesses pay a lot in taxes, but are they going to try to beat the system? Yeah. Do I try to beat the system with my taxes as best I can? I don't cheat, but do I try to be as aggressive as possible? Yeah. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. My parents never really did that for me. So I was 16 years old and I had to go learn to ski on my own. And the only reason I did that was I saw the movie Better Off Dead. And I was a big John Cusack fan. The $2. I want my $2. And are you going to ski this K9? The first question of the movie is, I think, are you going to ski the K9? I skied the K9. Now, it was incredibly irresponsible because they didn't know what I was doing. And I probably could have killed someone on the way down the hill. But I want my kids to be able to go to college or high school and, and not be afraid to get on skis. I know that, that sounds like a crazy thing, but it's, it's my generation... I think it's the 21st century golf. Nothing against you golfers, but it's dying and it's dying rapidly. And you can see it when Tiger Woods comes on and like suddenly everyone turns on their TV like, let's watch Tiger. Was that my over middle-aged white guy, Caucasian saying, let's watch Tiger. It kind of was because CBS will tell you the same thing. No one watches the tournaments unless Tiger's in it. And we're all fascinated by the freak that that was the Tiger Woods kid at four years old. It's Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I just told the story of um, skiing is the new networking, I think. You've, the ability to go on a ski trip with, with male friends and coworkers and young ladies, um, it's a great social networker. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm a little biased. I like golf. I play golf. But it, you got to admit, the people on the course... Yeah. I actually older. I talked to somebody the other day that that uh, doesn't golf, and I said, "Oh yeah, I played a little bit of golf." They saw some golf gear that I had on, and 
They said, oh, that must be great for networking. Did you do golf because of networking? And, you know, kind of, but, you know, I started much earlier before the networking days. Um, but, yeah, you know, a second home and the community that you, you're in, I think, is very important for that type of environment you're looking for your child uh, or your family or just yourself. Um, I think that... When looking at a second home, you have to look at what what you're going to use. It's like a timeshare. It it makes sense if you're going to use it. You you did it because of multiple reasons. You wanted that experience, and you also were looking at expensive vacations. You're like, oh, okay, I can. You, you did all the math. I did it with you. You added everything up and said, this is how much I spend every year, and this is how much a mortgage will spend if I did a second home. And a lot of people do that. And they go. But then, this makes sense. And they do the same thing for like timeshares or the when I originally Hawaii. When I originally talked to you as my mortgage lender, I said, you know, I, I got to leave some emergency or some wiggle room. Yeah. Um, because cash flow, my cash flow suddenly almost doubled. Well, I mean, my cash flow going out. The other part of that, I mean, some people go directed to a timeshare, for example, because number one, it's multiple places. Number two, you don't have to put a large down payment. So there's a immediate cash infusion into this out of your cash reserves that you have to sacrifice but it's kind of you know if you do it right and you do your research and you enjoy the place you know that money sits there and hopefully grows a little bit you pay down some principal um i don't know if it's the new golf uh, but it's certainly something we're seeing more often in the you know as you're getting closer to retirement people are you know especially here in the bay area are looking at massive amounts of equity and they they're not getting that rate of return on equity so they're figuring out you know what kind of investment property are we going to look at? Is it sure. second home? And that's one of the things that I did was I took out a home equity line. Yeah. And you and I walked through that process and we learned, you know, a lot about Bank of America's particulars. And every bank's going to have slightly different particulars. And that's the nice thing about knowing someone in the industry. But so I, I did sell some of one home to buy more of a second home. But on a monthly basis, instead of that equity sitting there doing nothing in the first home in San Carlos, in the vacation home, it's it's now you know giving me vacation time and other things. It's working a little bit better, but you do have to pay about that back too. So yeah, as long as you're not doing both, right, the vacations and the second home, oh yeah, yeah. then then you're basically just dipping in two pockets. And you know, there's other purposes for doing it. You know, there's sure. you know sometimes. It's okay to lose money if you're giving your kids a a better experience in life than you had, and that means something to you. Keep in mind, kids love plastic boxes or boxes. And and there's always the opportunity. The way that a lot of people look at at second homes is uh, as an investment property where they can go out and do an Airbnb or some sort of vacation rental company like um, VRBO or whatever the local company is and generate some income. But I... I would rather them, because it is kind of a sketchy and very um, a sketchy strategy, that is, as opposed to just going straight into an investment property where you have to be able to go a little negative in case there is just a lack of, of tenants in the property. And it's it's a high rotation. It's a, a very high commission. Uh, on a, what was the commission that we, we looked at? A couple 25, 30% in some cases, yeah. as opposed to maybe a 7% commission on a rental property, but yet you don't get to use it. So what are you doing with your money? And I hope the people that do a second home or decide that that's the direction they go, that they they look at it as something that they could lose a little bit of money or go negative. But maybe they're making that up by not taking those really expensive Hawaii or you know Cabo vacations. I hear that. So, and, um, you know, it was interesting what I was talking about is you sat down with me and you and I kind of like got on napkins at first and then we got to paper and spreadsheets and figured out the cash flow and how much emergency money should I have in my accounts. And, 
I've got various accounts. I've got a lot of real estate now. I've got a lot of stocks. I got particular stocks sometimes. Um, but one of the things I said to you was, do I have enough for an emergency? Like I got to keep my emergency fund more than enough. Cause guess what happens? My air conditioner breaks in one of my rental properties. Yep. And $4,000. The question is, is it a $200 fix or is it a $4,000 fix? And uh, so suddenly that's like having three mortgage payments or four mortgage payments. It's still the number one um, uh, unanticipated cost of owning a house or an investment property of any kind is the maintenance of the property. It's still the number one unanticipated cost. I've stained the fence. I've changed the yard. um, I've worked on the kitchen. it's a crazy number, um, how high on the average in the United States per household, how much it costs to maintain your house. It's like $16,000 a year or something. Crazy I think, like aren't that. they saying it's one person, you should spend at least 1% of your home's value? Yeah, it's, it's some, I'm not sure it's that on, simple, but. Well, there, there are some numbers out there like that. I mean, there's, there's people that, that go out and buy condos and townhouses for that exact reason. I don't want to maintain my property. And that seems to be a, a pretty common theme right now. Uh, not just with the builders, but the buyers. There's buyers and buyers and buyers that are looking at places that you just don't have to maintain. And, and, and it used to be the old people, right? It used to be the seniors that were looking for a place that, okay, I'm going to pay this HRA. You paint my house. You cut my grass. I'll take care of the inside. Yeah. And now it's everybody. So I have no problem with it. Um, some people just don't have the knack for trimming their yard or trimming the, the bushes or painting the exterior or replacing some wood. In this case, taking equity from a home in California, sunny California, where you don't get a lot of bad weather, where I live on the peninsula, you don't get a lot of bad weather. So trading some equity for that, this is kind of interesting. For a place that has bad that has, extreme weather. you know, six feet of snow sometimes. Sitting on the patio, you're going to have to replace the patio in location B more so than in location A. But the location A does need it. It just doesn't need it as fast. And it, it, it creates a situation where you better be good with budgets. Because most of the people that I know who have gone bankrupt have typically been bad with budgets, but have also got caught up in the leverage game of taking money from one property to another. I've never known anyone to go bankrupt who lost $180,000 in one day in Facebook. There's a guy who lost $180,000 one day in Facebook. It was 40% of his account, but I've never known anyone to go bankrupt. Uh, you got to get out. You have no place to live. So that's one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about with real estate. But that's why it pays to have a good lender. It helps to have a good lender, someone who can help you. You know, did you think about this? Did you think about that? Um, because Tony's got access to me. And trust me, I'm your number one friend in getting you into retirement. That's my goal. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I can tell you where I make mistakes. I've made a mistake in my 20s not living within my means. Um, Spending too much. Trying to buy happiness with friends kind of thing. I can tell you mistakes that I made, like not setting proper goals. And like at one point in time, when I was 18 years old, basically at 20, 21, 22, I saw my dad work till the day he died. So my dad died pretty early in my life, all things considered. Um, and I was like, I don't want to do that. But my goal was to have a million dollars by the time I was 35, so I wouldn't have to work till the day I die. That was my goal. I thought if I had a million dollars, me and, and a, probably a woman named Becky, I don't know, me and a woman named Becky would sell oranges on the beach, maybe in LA, maybe in Hawaii, maybe in Tahiti. I don't know. That was going to be my retirement plan, a million dollars. And the ability to sell oranges. And then you said, that's not exactly a goal, Rob. That sounds like you were high. <laughs> Maybe. 
Poppy needs that sticky icky for his glaucoma. Yeah. Uh, the mistakes I've made, not updating paperwork, not reading paperwork, not asking questions on paperwork, um, letting things like uh, fall out of cycle. At one point in time, when I was 18, I decided I'm going to save $166 a month each month for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years until I had my million dollars. And it was automatically coming on my bank account. And then for some reason, I forgot to maybe re-enroll or something like that. So it stopped happening. And I was like, ooh. Lost a couple of years of maxing out my savings. Because in the end, I, I spent the money, right? $166 a month will like burn a hole in a, a, day, a, a 20-year-old's pocket. I have a binder. It's embarrassing. With all my paperwork, you can have a fireproof safe if you want to. But it has all my accounts. And if I die, you know, uh, my significant other knows where to go to say, okay, let's see if you had insurance. If I get disabled, if I've had a stroke, I can't talk. I should give another knows where to go, who to file a claim with, with disability insurance. Um, having that kind of system is so, so helpful. Uh, I don't like messy rooms. I don't like a messy house. I don't like a messy kitchen. I'm okay with a messy toilet. I'm okay. I like toilets that look like, okay, here's my greatest toilet story. I land in Germany and I get on a train. And the train stops, you know, a couple stations later. And I'm like, oh, good God. Something I ate went straight through me, right? So I go into the bathroom. And there's a hole in the ground. And there's a rope above it. I'm like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> like, I couldn't figure out the, the math of it. You basically grab the rope, pull down your pants, and hang your butt over a big hole and poop into it. I'm never going back to Germany ever again. Ow. That's it. One and done. One and done. I'm out. Wiedersehen. Um, I know you're saying that, that, that story could have been better. <laughs> I think it could have also, um, so in politically correct world, incorrect world or correct world, um, there's a, a series of, of children's books and one of them is called, um, the really ugly duckling and other fairly stupid tales. Um, awesome book where the gingerbread man, he does get eaten. He doesn't get away. He gets eaten. And there's a, there's one where uh, the ugly duck grows up to be a really ugly duck. And that's typically how it goes in the world, and the same in investing. But we live in a world of fairy tales where we're like, well, I'm going to see if this $6 stock will become $45. It doesn't happen usually in a lifetime. But because you've seen it so many times happen, you're like, this is going to be the one. So ugly duckling investments typically grow up to be even uglier investments. It's a good investment lesson. Fairy tales aren't real. Someday soon my prince will come. He's not coming. He's not coming. He's on Tinder. So I could have gone with a, a different, more dark app site that I could have gone into, but I'm not going to. Okay. Um, market timing is a scam. I'm not allowed to use the word scam. So in my head, market timing is a scam. So I have to filter it and say, I've never met a market timer worth a million dollars. Show me the one person who can double your money every three months. There's, there's commercials that claim this. Double your money every two to four months. Promises starting with only a $99 class and $400 newsletter and web service that you log into our computers and use the workshop for $4,000. You'll hear the claim. You'll never actually perform it because they want to take your money. If you doubled your money every four months, $10,000 would be $5.3 trillion in 10 years. I want some of that. Don't we all? It's like the lottery when it hits $250 million. I'm interested. Anything under $250 million is not worth my time. 
we're a nation of, of suckers. I once wrote, and see, I can't even do this anymore. I once wrote Mary Meeker is a whore. It was a chapter in my book. And the editors, I had to change it to Mary Meeker's like a whore because I couldn't prove that she's a whore. I said, Susie Orman's the devil. And they're like, no, no, no. you got to say she's like the devil. So you're allowed, like, that's how attorneys work. Beautiful, right? And Mary Meeker was a tech analyst. And, um, and the reason I used that term was that it was kind of a paid love. She was paid by her employer to go on TV and promote stocks. She wasn't paid to work with you. So you have to be very, very careful who you get advice from and who you, who you adore and who you don't, who your Buddha is on the mountain and who they aren't. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.